0: And the best part? You can try it yourself with their 7-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's p-h-i-l-o dot tv slash p-o-p-p-o-d-s to get 50% off your first month.
1: Hey guys, before we start the episode, I just want to thank all the people who support me on Patreon. Thank you so much, guys. You guys get that bonus podcast every Friday. And also the upper tier people get some exclusive videos and you know, five dollars or more, more or month we'll get you a talking metal T-shirt. So definitely support us on Patreon. We uh, could you really use this support. And so many great people there like Steven Saylor, Stephen Rodriguez, Steve Hoker, plain old Stephen, Sam Soupy, Ron Keel, Richard Langridge, Patrick Schwartzman, David S. Gray, Mike Jones, Michael Street, Metal Dan, Matt Carroll, Leo from Alaska, Kenny McCrims, McCrimmon, John Bavari, Johan Enderstrom, Joe Ryan, Sean Francoise Blas, Vaninsky, Jason Seth, James Bennett, Gregory, Jerry from Long Island, Fred Roots, Drake, Dan Groan, Brad Dahl, Anthony Mackey, Adam Marr, uh, and that's it, actually. So thanks, guys. And I, and I wanted to mention, Brad Dahl, by the way, has Yarg Radio. It, um, it's a great streaming service. If you're looking for great music, check Brad's uh, Yarg Metal Radio out. Um, I should. Uh, I'll send it out on Twitter. Today's podcast was originally done as a Talking Metal Facebook live stream, And it is co-hosted by John Ostrowski, a.k.a. Astronomy. So uh, here we go. The guest is, today's guest is Phil Schaus from Accept, Ace Frilly's band, and Gene Simmons' band. Mark Striegel. John Astronomy. The Talking Metal Podcast. Coming to
2: you from the silver spacecraft. I'm Bud Friendly, and now your hosts, Mark and
3: John.
2: Hey Phil, I can hear you. And John got Phil Schaus on the line here.
1: Yeah. Hey yo, how's everybody doing? Good, good, Philip. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Mark Striegel along with John Astronomy and we are here doing our second uh, edition of Facebook Live, as John said, and our first time with a a guest. So uh, bear with us, everyone. There could be some technical difficulties, hopefully not. And let's start it off with a big talking metal toast. Uh, John, Philip, what are you drinking, Philip? This is actually is a
4: is from the Athletic Brewing Company in Connecticut. They make non-alcoholic craft beers. Mm. It, so this is an, this is a run wild IPA. It's delicious. So cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys. John, how about you?
2: I'm uh, back to the Bud Light.
4: Okay. All Keep right. it simple. A man after Ryan Cook's heart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> cool. Well, we're hey, going to start things off uh, talking to, to Philip. You got a lot of stuff going on, Philip. So we want to we learn about everything you're up to and – Let's start off talking about the first time you two met, John and Philip. How did you guys meet?
4: We, it was New York, it was with Ace, obviously, and it was, uh, oh, you, was it uh, the St. Paul show?
2: Yes, St. Paul, Minnesota, yes, that that's, that's where I met you.
4: Yep, so that was the show um, that uh, Gene played, Gene Simmons' band, I was in that too. Um, and Cheap Trick was there, uh, Don Felder was there, uh, Flip was there. It was a big, big, big day. And that was the day where Ace is going to come sit in with Gene on five, four or five songs. Yep. And so, uh, so we met PJ for the first time and, uh, and John. So,
2: Yeah, that was a great, great event. And that was for a charity that Gene uh, was part of. Um, and uh, it, was, it was a great two days. We had a
4: blast. Yeah, that was, I mean, it was, it was it was like, you know, half a kiss and cheap trick on the bill. It was, it was just right. too much. It, was it was amazing, and it was in a,
2: a, a small baseball stadium, Mark. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, if I ever told you that. It was really cool.
4: Yeah, it was the whole, that's one of the, still one of the greatest days of my life I've ever spent, just the whole experience, all day, sound check, and everybody's walking around, and.
2: Yeah, Phil. I knew that all of you guys were really having a great day for sure. I could tell you guys yeah. were cool, and I took photos of you and A's, you know, backstage, and it was amazing. I think I swear to God, I have a great photo, and I'm going to find this and I'm going to post it when we talk about a uh, little thing, Phil. Little, uh, what do they call it, A sidebar. When we talk about something, we always tell people we'll post it in the podcast show notes. Since this is a live Facebook thing, I'm going to post this live on Facebook. A little later, but I have uh, some photos of you playing on stage, looking back at me, and I could tell that even when you were on stage with Asian Gene at the same time, you were really go yeah having a great time.
4: Yeah, I've seen some shots of other friends, uh, uh, Rick's uh, Rick's from Cheap Tricks Tech. Larry, he passed on, so rest in yeah. Larry. But okay. he was back there. I knew Larry he was a friend of mine. And he was taking pictures from behind too, and I was yep. I was mugging at him like thumbs yeah. up and stuff. And yeah, it was. <laughs> The whole event was just great, and then the the special, the private event the next night was cool. Right. Um, so that was our first contact with Ace really ever. Was was that show? So. And then
2: what was really cool, guys, is that when Ace and Gene were going to go to Australia, the idea came up where um, Ace, instead of using uh, the the band that he normally was using, he would have you guys back him up, and and that led. Uh, Ace had such a great time with you guys that that led into you becoming Ace's band.
4: Yeah, it was only, it was logistics only was the reason behind it. Because it's like, well, I'm going to go to Australia and Japan. Your, your guys know all my stuff. Right. You know, and it, say it, was, mo- it was money and just logistics and, and it turned into turned into what it turned into so yeah 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 it was great and
2: what phil is referring to it, it wasn't it wasn't anything against all the great guys that ace had playing with this band yeah. it yeah, was totally. just a logistical thing and it made sense and you guys knew all this stuff and and you guys became great friends and it turned into what it is now and uh, uh everybody's doing great everybody else is out there doing great so the yeah. the other guys that played with ace they're all fine too and everybody's friends and it's all cool so
1: so philip obviously ace's band Jeans band uh we want to talk to you about accept in a bit but let's let's first talk about some of the other musicians you've played with through the years and and if you could kind of give us the you know two three minute bio kind of synopsis. yeah yeah
4: sure so i moved to nashville in 2004 um so 16 years which is unbelievable it's gone by like that and uh but at the same time, it feels like another lifetime. It's so strange. Uh, so when I moved up here, um, I just wanted to work, and luckily when I moved up here around the time, that's when country singers were looking for more of a gunslinger, southern rock type, skinner type guitar player, which I can I can totally do. You know, I'm grew up in Alabama and I can I love all that stuff and play it well. So I started get working in country and getting gigs like with, with more rocking guys like that. Never had to play it. The guitar up here with a hat on, always played, you know, Gibson's and stuff and at my knees and always kind of did rock. So I played with David Lee Murphy first um, and then Chris Cagle. And then uh, next was my longest gig with Rodney Atkins. Uh, That was for almost six years and that took us up to like 2016. But in between there, I was always looking for other things as well. You know, I'd get home and do this show. I started the Van Halen Tribute Band.
1: So that thing was good. Yeah, really yeah, I've seen some of your videos, man. Yeah, so I played
4: Eddie in that, In it's called the Mighty Dan Halen. Um, right. And we were a lot, it was a lot of fun. Really good band, too. We did a really good job. So I was doing that, and I was already trying to, like, get my own thing going in Nashville with my own name, doing more rock stuff like I like to do, um, and also paying the bills, you know, playing with whoever. You know, so that was always kind of a thing. I was always doing that coming home getting some kind of show happening and going back out and doing that. Um, we started the rock and roll residency. Uh, me and Jeremy Asbrock did that in 2014. And that was a five year long weekly show of all the kind of the best 60s, 70s and a little bit of 80s rock. Um, and that's I don't know. It just, it didn't, it created gigs. It created opportunities for us. Didn't necessarily, didn't necessarily create a gig for us, um, but it we ended up in pretty good places. I'll put it that way.
2: Yeah. And, um, Phil, uh, I want to ask you, could you tell the listeners or the viewers, we're used to saying listeners, the viewers, viewers um, who uh, you guys, basically, the Rock and Roll Residency, you guys played uh a was it
4: weekly event in Nashville it was every Tuesday that we could so for I mean we barely missed a Tuesday for about three years or four years we we were pretty regular and Uh, you guys played like you know rock and roll heavy metal covers is that what you did yep we didn't do any original stuff um I'll get to that later uh but we use all covers we started it with Chuck Garrick from Alice Cooper's band and uh our buddy David Parks on drums and then they had to split uh, for touring um, uh, um, duties with their, with their groups. So we got Jared Pope on uh, drums, who's now with Tom Kiefer. Right, right. He, I but, saw,
2: um, who did I, was Jared also, uh, well, I'll come back. To, I'll come back to that. Come he
1: back was
4: to that. in Whiskey Falls with uh, Damon Johnson. And oh, yeah, that's
1: what I was going to say. Damon Johnson. I never saw him playing you with if you know guys. Damon, he's from Alabama, too, right? I yeah. just
4: did a gig with Damon about a month ago.
1: Oh, very cool! Man. Yeah, and that's where I met yeah. Jared
2: with Damon. That's yeah. That's
4: what. It so we met. We got we got Jared in there through Chuck. Thank God, man! Jared is like one of my favorite drummer in town now. He's amazing. And then um, my buddy Judd Fuller on bass, who was my Rodney Atkins bandmate. And Judd has had a, got a long list of stuff. He's a northeast guy, like you guys. Um, uh, Peter Wolf been with Peter Wolf for a while. Um, tons of stuff. So that was the core four. Uh, Eric Brittingham came in for a while and played with us on Cinderella on base. Um, but, yeah, that's, that kind of raised, raised our profile in Nashville. Um, and we ended up in some pretty good places. It didn't really have anything to do with the Gene gig at all. Um, but it just kind of put us on the map, I guess, in Nashville. Now,
2: could you tell uh, everybody how did it come about that you guys uh, became uh, Gene's band?
4: Uh, Ryan Cook (laughs) Uh, we knew we knew Ryan Cook and that's how it happened Uh, so Ryan is on one of the Kiss Cruises and has lunch with Gene and Gene asks Ryan to put together a band for him because Ryan and Jeremy had a group called Big Rock Show that did what like the residency but they were around before but they did more 80s stuff okay like Joe V, Scorpions that autograph that kind of of thing Um, and so they did all the Kiss Cruises so Gene knew that Ryan knew Kind of, you know, pick up rock players for hire that knew a lot of stuff and could learn quickly and stuff. So he asked Ryan to put you in the band. It was almost be five shows um, in 2017, I guess. And Ryan's like, "Yeah, I got the I got the guys right now." So that's be. how Gene knew nothing of us, knew nothing of the residency or anything that we did before. He just like if you he trusted Ryan, I said, if you say they're good, they're good. So
1: they're <laughs> very right. good. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Right on. So obviously right now we're, we're all stuck at home for the time being. And uh, it's, a, it's really a great time for any musicians out there to take guitar lessons. And I, I've been thinking about doing it because there's a lot of people like yourself who are currently also stuck at home. and a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> so so if, if a viewer out there or a listener of Talking Metal Podcast was interested in taking lessons from you, how would they go about that, Philip?
4: Uh, you can, uh, if I'm tagged on Facebook here, just go to my Facebook thing and direct message me. I do check those occasionally. Um, so direct message me on there, and on Instagram, I'm V with two E's, T H E E, V Philip Shouse. Philip has one L in it too. So V Philip Shouse on Instagram, you can you can put it in the DMs there, uh, as the kids say. Uh, <laughs> get that to you. So yeah, I've been playing a hell of a lot of guitar uh, all for these past few weeks, uh, practicing all kinds of things. I've been wanting to practice. And so, yeah. Actually, I'm doing okay with this whole thing. I'm, I'm, I'm all right.
2: The, yeah, um, Phil, that sounds great. So guys, if you want lessons from a guy that played with Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, uh, except Lucifer, tons of other groups, plus you name it, he's played with it during the Rock and Roll Residency. <laughs> Direct message Phil and he will give you lessons probably online, just like this, right? We do Zoom. I do uh, Skype. So, yeah, just like this. Whatever Zoom you back. got, Phil will make it work.
1: And, and Phil, what do you teach in lessons? You teach songs? You teach in theory? A little bit of everything? I kind of let the student dictate a little bit because I don't right. want to kind of like force feed somebody.
4: What's no, you're gonna learn this right now. That's not very fun for the for the for the person learning. So I like to do it through songs because it's always best if you can learn through something that you can actually like that you kinda of might know already and go and then put it together. Oh, they're doing that. And then you've already learned the, the technique easier or the concept easier. Um, right. but it depends. Some stuff you can't, some stuff you just have to do scales. You know? There's practicing picking patterns and it's boring. Um Metronomes are, you know, your best friend and your worst enemy at the same time, but uh, have to do it. But I kind of let the student dictate it. I don't, I'm, I'm not running a, you know, with an iron fist or anything. You know me, you know I don't, I'm not like that anyway with anything. Right on.
1: So. Right on. You posted a, a hilarious video. I was, I was cracking up where you your. it's kind of like an exercise video, but two balls to the wall. Uh, and you got yeah. the V out there. That, that's really funny. Um, if it, that's on what? Was that on Instagram or Facebook? It's on, it's on both.
4: And it's on my page and the Accept page. So yeah. they both they shared it too. And uh, I got the idea when I, was, when I was doing my own workout over here. And that's actually the move that we do. Right. Like during Balls of the Wall. Me and Wolf go up and that's, that's the Balls of the Wall move. It's like it'd be funny if I did that like an aerobics instructor. You know, right. Yeah. And, just, and showed the actual move and a yeah. couple assholes commented that's nothing like the real thing it's like i'm in the fucking band dude <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> wolf right.
4: taught it to me tell it to wolf right <laughs> that, that's good. let's, yeah, let's that's, talk
1: about that how did you accept less than a year you've been in with accept at this point or uh yeah yeah
4: as a, as a member yeah yeah i go back my history with them goes back to 2017 um i did a section of their Vakken show. They headlined Vakken one night. And um it was when they had a, the 80 piece orchestra behind them. And so a little segment of that was Wolf's Headbanger Symphony. He put out a record that was classical music arranged for metal band um and orchestra. So guitar solos, you know, he kind of made the lead guitar uh, a solo instrument in classical. So is it isn't like a. Violin or a flute or something like that, or it's like a guitar. So I played in that, and then in 2019, last year, in the spring, I got called to do that tour because they were doing a a symphonic terror tour all around Europe and Eastern Europe, and they were going to use different orchestras in each city. So half of the set was, uh, was classical, half of the set was Accept. So that was my first time playing actually playing actual Accept songs. Um, and that was about six weeks in different segments. Right. And at the end of the second segment, um, everything went so well. I got along with everybody, and, and Wolf and I played together a lot. We had a good rapport on and off stage. He asked me if I w- would want to join and be a member, and I was like, I was hoping you were going to ask me to join. <laughs> I was, was yeah. going to miss you guys a lot. So, yeah, so I, like, it got announced, like I think, September of last year. So, yeah. so awesome.
1: cool. John and I once jammed with 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 Mark. Do you remember that, John? Yeah, yeah, it was great. Oh, we were at the uh, Gibson showroom in New York. Oh no, no, it was at Dingbats. It was at Oh, Dingbats. it was at Dingbats. Oh, okay. I've heard of that place. Yeah. Right, right.
2: For some reason, yeah. I was thinking that Mark did a talking metal jam with it, but it was at Dingbats with screaming metal, right? Yeah. Mark. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. That's,
1: that's correct. That's awesome. And I remember Mark came and we were like, "Mark, what, what can we, what can we get you at the show?" He was just like, six Bud Lights. That's all he wanted." Yeah. <laughs>
4: Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's like if you ask Don Jameson what he wants to drink, he'll tell you six milliliters.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> you, you know what's Mark, Why don't, t- tell the story real quick. Did, you were, I don't, was it when we were doing Talking Metal with Zach Wilde or was it when you were doing something with with maybe VH1 where, didn't he say he wants like something like 32 or like 68
1: beers or something crazy like that? Uh, Zach? Yeah. Yeah, I, I may have been. I, I, there was I, some, the, yeah. the thing
2: was, like, most people say, give me six of this or give me six of that. Or, right. I, I swear to God, I think Zach said something like, I'll have, like, you know, like 49, you know, non-alcoholic, uh, you know,
1: uh, what, what's that? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, O'Doul's oh, or something. O'Doul's, oh, like yeah. I yeah, think That was, Mark, that was it that. When, when Zach was on the Fuse show with us. Right. Oh, yeah, man. but um, so <laughs> – Philip, as far as EXCEPT goes, what uh, obviously, I know you guys are booked at M3, fingers crossed that's happening, yeah. uh, a festival that John and I both love. I go every year. Uh, it was pushed back to September, so we hope EXCEPT will uh, will be there with everyone else. Oh. We can hope that can, can happen this year, um, but what else is going on with EXCEPT at this point? Are you working on music? Are you talking about 2021 already?
4: Yeah, well, I'm supposed to be in Japan right now with Except actually.
3: Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we were doing two
4: shows uh, in a row in, uh, outside of Tokyo. Um, uh, yeah, uh, new music. Um, uh, nice. As far as show-wise, it's hard to talk about stuff because you, there's no clue of what's really happening. You know, every see, it feels like we're living by the hour. Everything changes, so they'll have something set, and then some news will come in that changes the whole deal for for, for everyone, so... It's kind of as far as touring, it's kind of just not a, a, not a standstill, just like there's nobody can really add anything to the conversation. Um, but yeah, new music's going to be, um, is being worked on and recorded and coming out at some point. So yeah, I talked to Wolf um, about once a week, just talked to Mark. Uh, me and Mark and Christopher did a Zoom meeting. Uh, a couple nights ago so they're doing well mark's uh mark's wife sherry's on the as a uh, nurse so she's oh, wow. my Everything, so she's in jersey so she's wow. she's working yeah. her ass off and we thank her for it so the but they're thing. doing well yeah, yeah, good thank her.
3: yeah.
4: it's sure. good to, and it's cool you know doing things like this and like i've been doing zoom meetings with ryan and jeremy and hanging out and it's just like cool this these things can really come in handy in times like this so it's You know, it's not not as bad as it could be, you know.
2: Right. Right. And I
4: think that after this is over, I think we're going to
2: have to keep these Zoom meetings going because they're fun. They're fun.
4: (laughs) I'm kind of getting the hang of it and I'm kind of getting used to it. Uh, So, yeah, it is a cool thing. Phil, now down
2: down where you are in in near Nashville or slightly north of Nashville, do you venture out at all to this, for example, to the store or, 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 you know, where do you go or do you just stay in?
4: Man, that's the only place I go is groceries that's, right. uh, and that maybe to get gas, uh, but I'm not using any gas and I'm not driving anywhere, but right, yeah, I may get out um, and I may get out just to drive around. Yeah. To get out of the house, but I'll go get groceries and come back and that's about it. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty much staying in. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: Same not, thing. Same thing here. I go to the grocery store. Now I'm a little bit spoiled because near me, I have a target, and I have a BJ's wholesale club, both of which are half grocery store and, and they also sell other things. So okay. I can go to those stores and for example, look at computer monitors or you know, you're not really supposed to be doing that, but I can kind of browse around as if I was shopping. But you gotta wear a mask and and gloves yeah. and uh okay,
4: yeah. So you can walk out of there spending way more money than just buying groceries. Correct, correct. I spent, you know
2: what, there's this game that there's a store called Acme. Now, listen to this. I've been going to multiple grocery stores, Acme, ShopRite, BJ's, and Target. So four different grocery stores. Acme, and this is just going to give you an example of where my brain is at this point. Acme, it gives out for every $10 you spend, you get this ticket that you play this game with. I got seventy tickets, which means I must have spent seven hundred dollars in acme.
0: So how crazy is
2: that? You win. Just since this thing, and that's only one of four grocery stores I'm going. So I have, I have everything. If you come here, I can make you whatever you want.
1: <laughs> so, so Philip, obviously, we're all big Kiss fans, and I'm an, I'm a massive Accept fan too. So I, I wanted to ask you, Gene Simmons, such an iconic figure. Any behind-the-scenes personal moments you've had with Gene, where you just kind of had said, "Wow, that was really cool." Are there any anything? I mean, and I know some of maybe you can't share or don't want to share, but is there anything you could share with us fans? I'm, uh, trying to,
4: I'm trying to narrow it down. Every day was special with him because he was so fucking cool. Like he was just—he was the best. And if you ask any of the guy other guys, they're going to answer the same way. He was—he was the most fun, cool hang this period. Just he and we, and we were always with him. You know, we we, he, we didn't just see him on stage, like we traveled together, we ate breakfast together at the hotel, we had dinner, we had catering at the venue together. He, we, we sat together after the show when he'd hold court and talk to anybody who would be willing to stay around and listen to a talk. And we'd ride in the car back to the hotel together, and sometimes he'd if we were at the bar, he of course, he wouldn't drink, but he'd hang out at the bar and talk with us and our friends. happened happened numerous occasions. He was just, he was great. That's really amazing because a lot of
2: people wouldn't, I, you know, the average person who is a Kiss fan who knows a little bit about him might not think that Gene would, would be cool to hang at a bar with you guys or to even, you know, tr- spend e- basically every second and travel around. Some people might think that, you know, he'd just show up at the time to play, and that's the only time you'd see him. So it's so cool to hear that Gene was doing all that.
4: He was with us all the time. Um, uh, I, I know a few few times, and 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 uh we he'd be flew commercial, and so we'd get off the plane, and there would be a, a greeter there from the airport that would help get him to the next, either the lounge or you know the next flight, whatever. So. And we'd be walking around, and he'd go, All, "Where are we going?" It's like, "Well, Mr. Simmons, we're going into this business lounge." And he, business class, and he'd go, "Can the guys get in?" And she'd go, "No, only, only Mr. You, e Mr. Simmons." He goes, "I'm not going." He goes, wow. "Get my guys in. I'm, 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 I'm not going to go in." And we're like, "Going, it's okay." You know, it's okay. You're going to get killed if you stay out here with us. Right, and, he's right. like, oh. and I heard it one time. He said, let me get my asshole t-shirt on. And then, you know, but no, he never would. One wow. time it happened that we couldn't get in and he went with us to a burger place. Sat that is there, so cool. That is a there. great, great
2: story. That really is amazing. He sat
4: there and messed with the wait staff and took pictures and, you know, he enjoys being Gene Simmons. I've never, another thing, um, I never heard the guy complain one time. Wow. And uh, he's very grateful and, Just, I just, those are just the best memories. Whenever you see footage of us during those shows, um, we're all grinning from ear to ear. And it stayed that way off. Like, it was just that fun all the time. I think about that a lot. I was like, man, those, what, a two, like a year and a half or two years, whatever. Just what an amazing experience and time. Just so many good memories. I just can't really... Pick one out. It's right, I
1: hear you. No, but no I, lo- I love hearing the, the stories about him not going into the, the VIP lounge and hanging with you guys. It's amazing. And <laughs> as a bass player, as, as a bass player, you know, I've, he- I've heard Gene, people have asked him, you know, about his playing, and he always kind of downplays it, like that he's, you know, he's he's just a, a rock bass player. But to me, especially growing up with hard rock and heavy metal, where a lot of times the bassist is just strumming the, you know, the a co- opened A, he really – had a unique sound that I, I always draw the line maybe back to mccartney you know like that walking bass line and, exactly. and as a musician can you talk a little bit about his style of playing bass because it is kind of unique don't do you it's agree?
4: very unique and i do draw it to mccartney like as far as a locking in with the drums like you know the way they describe peter's playing it was erratic and he changed things so you couldn't really lock in with the kick drum with bass so he, had, he was kind of on his own and so, yeah, it is McCartney. Um, and yeah, and just like you said, Mark, I, I think that he, and I, I, he did it in front of us, he would always downplay his influence and the musical influence of Kiss, always. He never would talk, he never would include Kiss in the conversation of Zeppelin, Bad Company, that kind of thing. He would always, he would never, you know, if, I, if we would talk about a cool chord progression in, ladies room or something he'd go bad company did it first he would never ever put in that he would always defer to the british guys but he always talked about it but yeah and standing in front of his one of his amps (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah I I, I I
2: never have had the opportunity to be right there on stage hearing give play out of the air. that's
4: amazing I mean because you know I kind of was his tech I guess you know I'd kind of okay. get his stuff together we were we, we used backline and all mm-hmm. this stuff was there so I just kind of get his I kind of learned what he liked I could get it close um but then you know when I'm doing a sound check and he walks out and plays and he's not hitting it hard I, I watched I learned a lot by watching him play bass. Um, he has a very, very light touch, but it's just somehow so powerful. Wow.
2: That's amazing.
4: Because he's like, he's not hitting it hard. He's just, he's very easy with the style of his playing. Uh, and he's not wrestling it at all. He's very, he's playing the, he's not working the bass. He's playing the bass. Um, and yeah, I just learned a lot by watching him. Wow. yeah
2: he's that is cool
4: that is so and cool And like you were saying too mark like listening to his parts versus like you know other late 70s 80s bands and it's like he's always moving around you know always walking around and always doing mccartney style stuff he's a big soul music fan too so he kind of have like the you know the r&b soul 60s r&b walking jamerson kind of thing also you know that influence with mccartney i think in yeah. his playing so
1: It's funny because, you know, in in the back in like the 80s, when people would talk about heavy metal, they would say, oh, well, it it really came from from Zeppelin and, and, uh, you know, Deep Purple. And sometimes they'd mention Sabbath in there. But as time has gone by, there's two bands to me that really seem to have uh, much more influence than everybody else. And that's Black Sabbath and Kiss. They really seem to be the two yeah. bands that that are at this point the, the the godfathers of loud music in general you know yeah
4: it is funny cuz it took black sabbath is now it took them like a few it took decades to really catch up to how awesome they were they're my number two favorite band beatles is number one black sabbath is my, is my second favorite band so it kind of took him people how how awesome they were cuz they like, always had they were kind of the underground band the led zeppelin you know, always I was in high school and early college. So I was like Sabbath fans are well, always that, but now it's fucking Sabbath is I made a dog shirt out of it, I even. So. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, okay, talking about I shirts, this is the that is an
2: amazing shirt. And I
4: crosses if you see the little dog across
2: That is an amazing shirt. And you made that us? shirt? It's my company, yeah. Mutt yeah, merch. That's company, what I yeah. wanted to talk about. Phil, talk tell us about Mutt Merch.
4: So, yeah, so uh, it's cute shirts like this uh, for people and dogs. Uh, we got Black labith, We got the Beagles. We got Bones and Noses. We got Grateful Dane, Neuterhead. That's I love Grateful Dane. <laughs> uh, Sergeant Puppers, Lonely Mutt's Pup Band. We've got uh, Waggy Nelson. We got a bunch of stuff. Uh, so shirts for you and your, uh, and your dog uh, at muttmerch.com. Are, are,
1: we, are we you a dog be- guy, Phil? Do you have a dog?
4: I don't have any I don't have any anymore. I we had right. me and my wife had three, but then divorced. and with my lifestyle and my way of life, it's just like I, I couldn't and I couldn't take three and I wasn't gonna take one and, and split up the pack. They were all best buds. So right. you know, but, you know, it's, just, right. it's just really tough go coming and going all the time. Right. And, right. Yeah. It's just weird. But I do love dogs. I can talk to them very well. Like so here's
2: dogs. here's the thing, talking metal people go to muttmerch.com yep m-u-t-t m-e-r-c-h.com and i am going to go on and i'm going to buy a shirt and mark i think we talking metal will take up a uh, collection and we will get pearl a
1: mutt merch shirt. oh yeah (laughs) you got a golden golden retriever somewhere
4: yeah oh nice (laughs) i gotta you know what i gotta get a goldie shirt i gotta think of a good one for gold retrievers
1: yeah well they're such a popular dog um what what was i going to say um the, the, I just want a, a little note to the listeners of this uh, on the Talking Metal podcast. We are doing this live on a Facebook video and uh, you can actually watch the, the video version of this on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Talking Metal. We'll have it posted there. And everything that we're talking about, the websites and, and stuff will be listed in today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com. So, mm-hmm. so definitely check that out. You guys have and, it together.
4: What's that? You guys have your shit together. I love uh, it. we we'll try. we we'll try. <laughs> We've got a lot Sometimes, of different yeah.
2: stuff going. Yeah. Um, 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 now, this is not going out live right now on YouTube, but we will later repurpose right. uh, this uh, video and put it on our YouTube channel and on the
1: Talking Metal podcast. Cool. Absolutely. Now, we, we were talking about Gene and obviously Ace, another amazing uh, guitar player musician but but I, I you know I wanted to talk about Wolf because yeah. to me uh, I, I was such a big and still am to this day I mean I go see Accept when they come through I go see you know UDO when they come through and Dirk Schneider I, it was just such a, a, a big band for me when I was when I was in my impressionable teenage uh, years and Wolf to me like Shanker had this just, I don't know if it's a German thing or whatever, but that tone that he had, and I, still has to this day, is there's something just magical about it. And, you know, to this day, I can put on the Balls to the Wall record or, or Metal Heart or Russian roulette. And, and it's just, it's that tone, I know dis- I know right away, that's Wolf Hoffman. Where does it come from? Is that—is that his personality coming through the fingers or is it, something he some dials in on the knobs in the fingers man because
4: i mean all the gears i mean all the gears changed over the years and you know we're now we're, it's, it's different um from back then and it still sounds like wolf like every time he plays balls to the wall like he plays it by himself you know like that it's, it, it sounds just like the song it sounds like wolf it's in the fingers and i can't explain it because i mean i can play somebody else's rig and sound like me you know it's like it's the same thing but yeah right. man it's just he's he's got he's yeah he's just got that thing yeah you know it's only way only way to like describe it he's got that thing
1: yeah well so glad he's still out there doing it and that you're working with him and we definitely again fingers crossed for m3 because I'm, I'm really really just hoping that that happens and Not i know my, push first, it back. my
4: first time going to that uh, and or playing it so I really hope it happens I wanted to do it all my friends from Monsters of Rock crews are there either playing it or in the audience so it's like I'm I've already got people a lot of people there already that I know and
1: who do you play there with Philip
4: oh m three never
1: oh you've never played okay you were saying this will will be your first time playing I'm sorry misunderstood
4: yeah yeah totally first time Phil, I wondered, uh,
2: and I brought this up to Mark earlier today, and he is a big fan of Lucifer. Now, tell us about the time that you went on tour with those guys and Gail.
4: Yeah, so that was January of this year, um, the past two, the last two weeks of January in the United States. We just pretty much did the southeast, um, and I filled in on bass. Um, They needed a bass player and found out they needed a bass player for this tour Uh, it was too soon to get another European player like for visas and that kind of thing. So they needed an American guy and I met him on the kiss cruise when we played with ACE, they played that year and I've been a fan of Nikkei, the drummer. I've been a fan of his for like 20 years from the helicopters and then pure electric and all his bands. So I heard he was on the boat and I was like, I'm going to fanboy that poor fucking guy so bad. And, uh, So I found out when they were playing, I went and watched their first show and fell in love with the band. It was just like, I loved everything. The name fit the look, fit the sound, everything. I liked everything about it. So being in Ace's band, I got my way back into the dressing room. Uh, And Nikkei is a huge Kiss fan. I mean, he's a monster, monster Kiss fan. Um, And so met him and we have a mutual friend a mutual connection from 20 years ago that i told them. And. Couldn't believe that. So we sat and hung out, and we became kind of friends, Nick, me and Nick a, and his wife, Johanna, who sings Lucifer. Uh, we sat there for like an hour smoking cigarettes and drinking a bottle of wine and telling stories and things. And then, so that's how they knew me was from the Kiss Crew. So, it all kind of again, it all kind of goes back to Kiss. Well, that was nice. a great tour. I played bass on that. Um, I loved the band before I played with them, so it was like playing on my favorite band again. So it's like, it's like I like a band that I get to play with them. And they had a great,
2: great look. Now, Phil, was it, was the helicopters or one of the guys, one of the guys inspired some of those cool fringe clothes that you have?
4: It was the bass player in Lucifer that they had on the Kiss Cruise that was the guy that left. Oh, okay. uh, I told him on the cruise, I said, I'm having a shirt like that made, just so you know, I'm stealing it. That and is so cool. Uh, I love it. Alex is, is a, a really great guy, and, and was cool with me coming in and doing the thing. And I've seen him in, in Sweden um, since all that. And he's a super nice guy. Um, and uh, but yeah, it was it was him. You know, it was that night. I was like, that is the best shirt I've ever seen in my life.
3: And I went world.
4: Cool. So yeah, I, I love shirt. it.
3: I
1: love it.
4: Like Johnny Bravo. I, I fit the shirt. I fit the shirt. Whatever. Hey, hey Phil, we have a uh,
2: believe it or not. I didn't think I could see my. Uh, Facebook uh, comments and questions, but my friend Sherry has asked if you have Doberman shirts.
4: Working on Doberman shirts. I got a great design for Doberman shirts. You're going to love it when it comes out. So my buddy okay. Sandy Janeiro has Dobermans too, and he's been bugging me about it for years. So
2: I love Sandy. Well, you know what? One of the first times I ever played on stage in my uh, New York life was at a place called True Blue. It was on the Upper East Side. And there was a house band that Sandy, I believe, was the leader of. Oh, no And um, I played Honky Tonk Woman with – I was playing drums at that time. Uh, Sandy played Cowbell, and Mark Slaughter was on vocals. And I'm not
3: <laughs> –
2: uh, there were a lot of different, like, great guitar players. Like, I'm not sure who was on that song, but Steve Conti – Uh, From the New York Dolls and Michael Monroe and Company of Wolves uh, played there. And uh, we we used to have a great, great time in 1991 on the Upper East Side, Company of Wolves. And that's where I met Sandy.
3: That's
4: crazy. That's funny. I talked to Mark today, too. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's down. Is he down there in Nashville? Mark lives in the area. Mark was here years way before I was. Mark was one of the first guys to move, move over here. So, yeah. Yeah, Sandy's great, man. I love Sandy. Yeah, he's such a cool dude. He is wonderful. He and his wife, uh,
1: Sherry and Jerry and Sandy, they're great. Excellent. And, and Philip, as far as your work with with Ace goes, obviously things are are on on hold right now. Um, Have you guys done writing with Ace? Have you spoken about new music? uh, Well,
3: no
4: no writing, um, but I guess I can say this. Uh, Me... Uh, we're on one of the new tracks on um, Origins Two. Oh wow, cool! So we are. We did go cut. Um, we did go cut a tune. Uh, me, Ryan, and Jeremy, and our buddy Paul Simmons on drums, Nashville drummer, um, did uh, did tune. I'm not. We did. It's a kid. It's a. It's a classic Kiss tune. That's all I want to say. Um, Surprise, guys! Yeah, came out great. Um, Ace loves it. Um, so. Yeah, I can't wait, can't wait for it to come out. Everybody to hear it. We're, we were really excited to be able to do that. So, yeah. well, John, yeah.
1: when's Origins 2
4: coming out? Well, Origins
2: know? 2 is yeah. uh, going to be coming okay. out
4: this year. I,
2: and uh, it's coming out via E1 Music, a great, great record label. And just stay tuned to com and to uh, all things Ace and E1. And we will let you know when the actual release date is going to be. Right now, a, a lot of stuff, just uh, movies, albums, everything is is on a, a little bit of a hiatus right now while this uh, uh, COVID thing is going on.
4: But no store, no stores to sell the actual product.
3: Right. You know. Right.
4: So it's getting out of itself.
1: So Philip, being in the business, do you have any? Guesses as to when tours will resume. I mean, it sounds like people are thinking maybe this fall, but do you have any personal thoughts about it? I don't know. I just don't know because, I mean, as of now, if I go out in
4: public, there's a certain number of people that can be in the building and we got to be six feet apart. And this is where we're almost in May at this point. right So I'm wondering, it's like in the fall. Is it totally going to be cool to open up a field and be shoulder to shoulder with forty thousand people? It's like I don't know. know, Right, Right.
2: because for example, there's no way. Like, let's say you're you're booked into a concert venue with assigned seats. They're not going to say, okay, now you got to sit in this seat, and (laughs) your new seat is six seats away from that seat. Like, they can't.
4: It's impossible to do that. Like, it's like a movie theater, like where you space, where you space out. It can't be right. like that. So yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, we're going to have to learn to live and work with this thing still, you know, still around. Um, how to do that? I don't know. I have no idea. So right. it's uh, you know, it's weird. Everything changes by the hour, you know. And uh, so I, I don't know. I just. I, I
2: personally, I am hoping that for sure by the by September we're back to going to concerts and having meet and greets. Yeah, and I, standing I, shoulder to shoulder
1: with people. I like. To, I'm I like willing to it. risk it personally. Yeah, yeah. I like to be optimistic about it. I, I, you know, I I do think we hear the everything from you know the extreme, all the extreme cases to everything in between on the television, and I think like, like you said, Philip, we just don't know at this point. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do think that it, you know, I, pe- I hear people say that, oh, this is going to change the way we live forever. Yes, and no. I, I think eventually, you know, whether it's, you know, at the end of the summer, or whether it's two years from now, we do get some sort of vaccine. And I think that's going to change things uh, dramatically. and. Yeah. And you know, I, sure, I I I I do truly believe that we will eventually get our concerts back. But it's definitely yeah. sad for me this this summer. I'm just seeing my shows drop off like like flies on my Ticketmaster app. You know. Yeah, um,
4: and uh, you know, we had with Accept, we had summer festivals all booked in one by one. They're, they're right. falling off. And, mm-hmm. like, yeah, and
1: it, I do think that surprised. this M3 festival, if if the if September happens. Wow, what a great way to come out and celebrate with with Philip and Accept at the M3 Festival, um, a, a great great rock festival that I go to every year. And so we're fingers crossed. We want to see Accept and you, Philip, at M3
3: we'll in be September.
4: Losing their minds if like the first like show back or something, you know, first special back. It's we're gonna go yeah, play. that would be fun. That would be great. I want to I want to play that one, whatever it is. I want to be. It's gonna be the best crowd ever.
1: Yeah, well, I know Faster Pussycat and Enough's Enough announced their September tour uh, together called Straight Out of Quarantine, which I I thought Uh, was a bold title. But yeah, so yeah, anyways, fingers crossed, guys. I mean, we really. Totally. we know that listen rock and roll you can't kill rock and roll not i know that's a oh, no. cliche but <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's gonna it's gonna live on and and the, the videos that you're doing philip i i love them the, the van halen where you had the where you were dialing in the van halen sound and and showing how that that was that was awesome that was Thanks.
3: awesome I, mean,
1: I feel like i'm in high school again
4: in my bedroom just playing van halen like for for hours a day uh but uh, so you said
2: you had a breakthrough. You you discovered something in the settings
4: on the Van Halen sound. So yeah, I'd never really quite gotten the his his tone changed a little bit every record. And in Van Halen Van Halen one, the delay is so loud and so prominent, and you can you can it's so audible, and it's not like a subtle thing. It's there, like in the course. Ain't talking about love. Uh, 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 uh. It's super loud. I never quite got it and I use a Kemper now and I've got these great Van Halen profiles right and I kind of was couldn't get the delay right move the delay around and I tell about I tell how I do this on, on Facebook oh, cool. Gardner, everybody right? check that out uh, but yeah it's I'm having time to do things like that sitting up late at night like headphones on with this thing going what if happens I put it here and I'm like
3: <gasps> right
4: you know, I got it so. so let me ask you a Can question
2: you... about these kempers is is Kemper a physical head? Or is it like a like a rack mounted item
4: uh you can get rack mounted i'll show you mine's right here so I'm going to Oh, cool it. cool um, you can get a rack mount uh, or this one this is what i this is what's called the, this is called the toaster because it looks like a toaster
2: let's see oh okay right, right nice, there. nice. So you
4: can you can get um a uh, rack mount and they also have now a four unit that is all of it's on the floor it's called the stage wow um, but yeah the thing's amazing thank it's, you for doing that i'm sorry i made you take apart your rack area. oh no it's okay man it's, it's, it's sitting on my on my kitchen bar so That's it's cool. like, oh, <laughs> no big deal uh, but no man it's just great because you can if you can play quiet and it sounds like your amp is on stun um, wow that's amazing an and it's just it's a lot of fun to mess with and it sounds great and i use them live um a lot of folks are like you know don't go to the dark side it's like well i'm on the dark side and it's fucking great and convenient yeah, yeah and it sounds when you yeah. say yeah. when,
1: when you, you, say you say don't go to you mean because people like it's it's not a it's not an actual amp is people have problems I mean, with
4: it. It is, you know people are like oh this sounds better i'm like if i were to ab yours with my profile of that, I'm like you can't tell the difference yeah, right. i agree
2: I agree yeah. I agree you know what's so funny Phil when uh, when my band uh, has opened up for you guys with ace and um, I am using and I have all this equipment, but instead of using all this expensive heads and stuff, I'm using this like one hundred and fifty dollar used Vox, for like you know. It's sort of like a profiling head and it gets my sound and I don't need a I, bunch I, I, I of expensive stuff.
4: You always had a great tone every night. Thank you.
2: Thank playing. you. So, yeah. And it's, it's just like, so technically I've went over to the dark side too. Cause I'm not using like the actual amp. I'm just using like a dialed in sound,
4: you know, and it's, it's fine. All, all of the guys that are still playing like us, we're all getting older. Right. And we don't want to carry two 412s. And a, you know, 120-pound head with huge transformers into a club exactly. and stack it on top of two heads, and Good. you can have it right there. You know, everything right, right there and it's in it is super easy to carry and fits in a suitcase in the overhead, you know, yep. so. Hey,
2: do you have those, those cases that Ryan uh, – and we're talking about Ryan Cook, guys – um, turn me on to these great flight cases. Is that what you're using, too? I forget even the name of it. I, I, SKB. Okay, right.
4: They are fantastic. Um, yeah. yeah, they're great. They have a line. They're, they're um, injection mold, um, waterproof. sort that's swear, they're, they're bazooka cannon-proof, too, man. Those things are excellent.
2: Yeah, and they got um, wheels on them, and you can carry yeah. them in airports, and you can put your necessary items, like right. the Kemper – in
4: there there's a like a compartment for it and you're all set the strap i have strings some a couple pedals all that stuff in there because my number one thing most that i hate most in the world is carrying an instrument through an airport right right onto a plane i despise it yeah uh so it was like you know what no more of this and so got that check it and it's done and it arrives safely at my destination
2: yeah, and, and one of the things, when, when I would try to carry a guitar on the plane, there's always a moment where you're not sure if they're going to let you bring it physically onto the plane, yeah. and they want to put it under the plane, and the, you can bypass all that by buying one of these SKB flight cases, and then you just check it, and it's like, remember that TV commercial, set it and forget it? Check it and forget it.
3: Exactly. For yeah, it and
4: forget it. And European airlines are the worst.
3: Oh, they right. Wow. To, right. I've never
4: airlines, they try to charge you for, they try to charge you for a seat for the thing. Wow. Wow. And right. just, it, they're just awful. And it's just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Um, and so, yeah, I was like enough of that. So I have four of them. I have one for a strat shape, one for a Les Paul shape, one for P base shape, one for J base shape. So I'm nice.
2: Oh, that's awesome. That is really cool. Yeah. I love it. Do you have a J base?
4: Look, it's great, man. So vintage. Uh, the, uh, I got to mention vintage. I went live today with my vintage guitar collection. Actually, uh, not vintage is an old. Uh, vintage is the name of the brand that makes my yeah, guitar. Yeah, yeah, vintage, guitar. right, right. And Jeremy and Ryan play them too. They're great guitars. Um, yeah. And they made me a bass, and it's a J body, um, and it's uh, Lake Placid blue, and it's beat to hell. Wow. And got the J bass pickup and P bass pickup. So now the
2: vintage pre it like that for you or did it get beat from
4: on the road it arrived like that in my hand and those uh, those guitars are
2: so nice uh phil um and for all you viewers and listeners phil is talking about a brand called vintage and the guys in aces band use them and
4: uh they are really really nice yep the guys in in the choir boys use them uh they're getting like bigger and they don't cost even an arm I mean they, they they're so reasonable um, and they're every bit as good as anything else. I mean I, my Gibson stay home and I prefer I prefer to play this one of the sitting in the corner, this gold top I have over in the corner. It's fantastic. they're so um, cool. they're, they're kind of their most expensive one retail. I think it's around between six and seven hundred bucks.
2: That's amazing. That's I the most expensive
4: one. So you can get one for like four or five and you're gonna be totally happy with it. You're gonna
2: love it. Definitely. Everybody should check out their website. Phil, do you offhand know the the, the website, the web address for them? I'll we'll figure it out. I a, yeah, it. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll I post it. It's probably podcast. like vintage something. It's hard because of the name vintage. Not to be confused with an actual vintage yeah, guitar. It's like if you Google search vintage
4: guitars, you're going to pull up. Like,
2: yeah. yeah, you're going to look for the vintage brand of guitars on Google, and you'll you'll yeah. find it eventually.
4: But they're great. Good good company. Good people too. So. Really nice. Really Where are they based out of? Is it Texas? Uh, the American headquarters is in Dallas. Yeah, Dallas, Fort Worth.
1: Nice, nice. Cool. Well, guys, we're going to start to kind of wind it down here. But, um, Philip, it's been great talking to you. I did want to mention uh, a little bit of news. Uh, you said you're a Black Sabbath fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Unbelievable that 40 years today, the day we're, we're recording this and shooting this, heaven and hell, 40 years old. The yep. first album with Ronnie James Dio by Black Sabbath, uh, just an amazing album. Of course, Bill Ward played on the album, then left, I think, after a handful of shows into the, the tour. Uh, but let's talk about that record, maybe, to, to take us out. When you say you're a Black Sabbath fan, is it all eras of the band, or is it just the Ozzy era and the Dio, or like what?
4: No, I I love the Dio era uh, as well. When it got to yeah. be the quick singer changes, I kind of lost it there. But no, man, right. I love all the Dio records. In particular, Heaven and Hell. I right got on. to see Heaven and Hell um, on tour. I think in when did they tour the states? Oh, seven. It sounds
2: right. Right, yeah. Nine? Mark and I went to Radio City and saw yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, see, yeah. 2007 I sounds, sounds right. That.
1: What's that? I got the DVD, I got the DVD for that. the DVD from that show. If you look at the bonus footage, John and I are, 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 are do some of the, we're interviewed or something in the we're in Yeah, we're in the, footage we're in the
2: bonus video. footage talking about
4: different things. It's pretty oh, cool. Awesome, I saw Cincinnati. So man, what, good God, that was an awesome show.
3: Yeah.
4: Uh, so yeah, that record is awesome. We would play a lot of those tunes at the residency shows. We would do Neon Nights all the time um, with our buddy Greg Mangus, who can just nail all the vocals, sky high. We did Heaven and Hell. Um, Children of the Sea we did before Um, you know what I think one show we did the first side really wow that's great so yeah it's one of my favorites I'm gonna play it when we get off of this actually hey hey, Phil
2: if you see Greg uh, sometime you know after this is over tell him I said hello or I'll just send him a message but I met him at a podcasting convention. Mark, remember when we went down to Yes. That podcast yeah, the, convention. Yeah, the
1: uh the Rock and Pod, Rockin Pod Expo. sure. Yeah.
4: yeah.
1: And he I met Greg In then. in uh, in, Nash- in, uh, in Tennessee, right? In Nashville, yeah, in Nashville. Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. and
4: mm-hmm. uh, Aaron from Decibel Geek. Mm-hmm. Uh, put it
1: on. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, great guys, yeah. Uh,
4: oh, yeah. Greg's a great guy, man. He was one of our favorite singers at um at a residency, we do all deep purple and do all the high stuff. You know he can right. do that's, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, good stuff.
1: All right, well, Philip, it's been great talking with Thank you. you. What about uh, do you have like a website for just you? Is it the Facebook page? Where do people go to get in touch with you online?
4: Uh, I'm building philipshaws.com. It's going to be connected to muttmerch.com, but until then, uh, I'm on uh, Facebook, uh, two pages on there, and uh, Instagram too. So you can find me on
1: all the socials. Awesome, and John, what about you? Where can everyone hook up with you online? Uh,
2: best place is Facebook, uh, either John Astronomy, John Astronomy 2, or John Astronomy 3. Right on, and oh, I'm on I Facebook.
4: Shout out for John's t-shirt, my Swedish.
1: Uh, oh yeah. Little friends, Thunder Mother over there. Thundermother, yeah. this is a great uh, band. Females, uh, all girls, uh, they're great. Oh, I, I know, know them, I gotta check that out. Yeah,
2: and I got to jam with them at the uh, Cruise Fest. Uh, Phil, you were down there. This past year. yeah, You played with us. Yeah, yeah. I played with you guys. And then I did a song in like a different room with uh,
4: Thunder Mother. We did. I I had a great time playing with you guys. We did. Come on and love me, didn't we?
2: Yes. Very good memory. Great memory. Yeah, I I had a blast playing with you guys, Phil. I hope to do it again
4: this Cruise Fest. Man, we're we're booked to play it. So if it happens, let's cross our fingers. We're booked to do it again. What is that?
1: I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Cruise Fest? Okay.
4: So,
2: Phil, why don't you explain what Cruise Fest is?
4: Okay. So uh, Cruise Fest is connected to the Kiss Cruise. Um, It's a two-day show in the same port that the cruise leaves from. Uh, Last year, Ace played Sebastian Bach. Um, We did a set without Ace. Ace Bandit itself. so oh,
1: I saw that Sebastian Bach thing. I know what you're talking about, yeah. Oh
4: so yeah, yeah, so that's that's, that's the Cruise Fest. And so right. this year we're booked to play it again with Ace, um, so.
3: Yeah, okay. and then cool. and
4: there's,
1: there's
2: jams happening. So like, for example, the, the one night of the Cruise Fest, Sebastian Bach headlined, and the next night Ace headlined, and then um, in that main hall, there are different bands playing, and then in other rooms within the hotel complex, there are other stages and people playing. So last okay. year, there was a ton of great uh, musicians down there. There's even people playing outside. And I think they're even, I think John Karabi did a, uh, like a outdoor gig during the day by the pool. And Krabi. like, there's a lot of cool stuff.
1: And you've played with Karabi, right, Philip?
4: Yeah, yeah. But it's played with John too. Yep.
1: Very cool. All right, guys. Well, it's been great hanging with you guys, and thanks to all the viewers who tuned in live tonight. And by –
2: don't don't hang up yet. I got to go to the door, but I want to come back. Don't hang up. Everybody
4: stay on. Okay.
1: (laughs) John's got a food delivery going on there.
4: I guess he does. He's getting
1: Chinese takeout. And, and have you been to John's apartment? You got to check out all his guitars. It's, it's I'm, just,
4: I'm just looking. I'm in awe of his lighting rig. I mean, this is incredible.
1: Yeah, it's the ultimate, like, man cave. He's got another room right behind that wall there. There's another room where there's, like, full uh, arcade games, you know, like the old school uh, oh, man. <laughs> Asteroids and Pac-Man and stuff.
4: That is my dream. That's what yeah. I want for my place. That's yeah. awesome. Okay, hey, the reason I, well, I wanted to say a proper goodbye.
2: Thank yeah. you again, Phil. And guess what I'm going to try to do? Something I made a mistake on at the top of the show. I'm going to end with the talking metal slate and I'm going to play the talking metal theme. I think I figured out how to do it. And you guys have to guess uh, the listeners and viewers, the lead vocalist on this song. And Mark, can we give him a hint and tell people who this is? Most people probably know
1: uh i'm trying to think of a hint Wait that second. Hold uh, on. Again, yeah uh, any hint i give is gonna it's gonna give it away
4: yeah yeah it's kind of a hard one
1: do, do you know philip who yeah
4: yeah.
2: Oh, okay. yeah i told phil
4: oh, okay.
1: okay
2: guys so anyway phil thank you again uh for thank doing you, this we you. really really appreciate it we had a blast we hope you'll come back on again Anytime, anytime. You're our first guest on Talking Metal Live on Facebook.
1: Yeah, and by the way, guys, stay tuned because it sounds like the very next guest, we'll probably do another one of these next week, is going to be a real metal legend, David Ellefson of Megadeth fame and uh, many other, uh, what was that one band he had, uh, F5, remember Mm that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's so much great stuff, so I can't wait to talk with him. Hopefully, maybe one week from tonight. We'll see, and we'll let you guys know. But, uh, yeah, Philip, thank you for being our guinea pig here tonight uh, in our yeah. kind of uh, premiere episode, and it's, uh, wow, what a, what a great way to start things off. So many great stories. Thank Not you. Pain,
4: there was no prodding, no painful, so it was pretty good.
1: Just, I don't mind it at all. <laughs> cool. Thank you.
4: Painless, painless experiment.
1: <laughs> all right. Should we play this yeah, guys, uh, Talking I'm Metal gonna... theme song?
2: I'm gonna play, I'm gonna put the video. Well actually, how about if I do this? Let's all stay on and we can react to the theme song. Let me see if actually if that doesn't work, I'm gonna have to put the slate up. So let's let's try it once. Let's see. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna try this. Did you hear that? Yeah. Mark, is that is that coming out no, just through I my think it's mic? Not working. No. Okay, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put up the uh, slate, try it that way. We'll see if it works. If it doesn't, uh, we'll see everybody next time, okay? All right, thanks, Phil. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Mark.
4: Take
3: care, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. See you.